Hello everyone and welcome back to the Bundesliga show uh, brought to you by Over the Bar. This week the European edition is back, back by popular demand to cover match week uh, four to six of the Champions League and Europa League for all six of the Bundesliga teams that were involved. Uh, with your hosts, of course, myself, Rory Petrie and Mark Broadhurst of Nuremberg. And this week we're very lucky to be joined by... Uh, Paul, uh, who is our senior writer and editor at Over the Bar, who is not only a Spanish expert, so he'll be able to offer insights into that, he's also a Man City fan, uh, so he'll be able to gloat a lot more about Man United being knocked out as well, which I'm <laughs> sure we'll cover later on in the show. Um, so what we'll do is we'll go straight into um, into what's happened basically from from games four to six and who has qualified from each of the groups containing the German teams. So starting off with Group A, it is of course Bayern Munich who were uh, who were joined by Atletico, RB Salzburg and Lokomotiv Moscow. Um, so as as we left things in, in the first episode, Bayern were looking very, very comfortable in the group and with potentially some... Um, leeway between the other three teams potentially fighting it out for that last uh spot to to go into the next round um i'll i'll shoot straight over to you paul with, with the kind of like the first question with regards to the spanish <clears throat> opposition that Bayern faced in the group with regards to atletico i remember me and mark saying actually in the first show or the first version of this episode that we were quite underwhelmed with how atletico had performed certainly in the first few games so from obviously games four to six, they sorted themselves out and did in the end qualify. Um, do you think that they're starting to show signs of improvement? Obviously, not only in in the Champions League but also in La Liga. Yeah, I think uh, Atletico they've uh, perhaps not got off to the start they wanted in, in either competitions. Obviously, being humbled by Bayern Munich on the the opening uh, match day. Um, they did improve, like you say, for the uh, it was match day four they met on with the reverse leg. And managed to get a one-all draw, but but Atletico's season so far has been disrupted with with various COVID things and also a peculiar um, deep vein thrombosis injury to uh, to Diego Costa as well, which was you know some people thought would keep him out for months, but it turned out to just be weeks. Um, but they they are a team who they're trying to shift their style of play from being this uh, industrial sort of. You know, one nil wins to uh, to being a bit more progressive, and uh, it is like turning a cargo ship around. I think for um, Cholo Simeone at the moment, and um, yeah, it's not been helped with injuries and stuff. But, uh, they will be relieved to be through to the next round. And, and Bayern uh, in both games, I thought Bayern really did um, exploit the weaknesses uh, of of uh, Atletico. Yeah, of course, and we'll talk a little bit more about the uh, the draw and what obviously kind of challenges both teams face in our in our next video, which obviously we'll be covering uh, in a little while. Um, so, Mark, in terms of Bayern Munich, it was all pretty uh, pretty kind of straight sailing, wasn't it? Straight through to the knockouts. Um, obviously, just the one draw, other than all the wins, able to kind of mix and match their teams. Uh, which kept them going quite strongly. Um, do you think that Bayern are maybe prioritising this competition again instead of the Bundesliga, or do you think they're just going all guns on both? 
No, I think a club like Bayern, they've got to try and go for attack on two fronts or even three front fronts, so to speak, really, with the German Cup as well, which is kind of taking place as we speak, really, at the moment. But yeah, I mean, I think obviously for me, though, even though they got 16 points out of 18 in this group, it wasn't a perfect group from Bayern, to be honest with you. I think the best performance is obviously the 4-0 win against uh, Atletico in the first game, which Paul already mentioned. But I think especially the two games against Salzburg, I mean, Salzburg created so many chances in those games, really. It was like... I mean, if any of you watched the Man United v Leeds game, both of those matches were in the same vein, basically. It was just like chance after chance for both sides. And it just came down to who took the chances, really. And I mean, Salzburg, I think they lost the home game 6-2 in the end, but it could easily have been 4-4, to be honest with you, easily. And I think, to be honest, 16 points probably flatters Bayern a little bit, really, in all honesty. And the same with the locomotive Moscow game away from home as well. I mean, they were really lucky to win that game, too. Like I remember watching that game and Locomotive got back up one all. And I think they had two really good chances to go 2-1 ahead in the game in Moscow. And then mm-hmm. Bayern doing what they do best. I think it was Kimmich who got the winner in the end. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, it, it certainly wasn't a perfect group for Bayern. And obviously, we've mentioned it a lot in the Bundesliga show as well, that the form has been a little bit up and down this season, specifically defensively. They've not always been that great. And I think the the fact that they're sitting top of the Bundesliga and that they won the group probably flatters them a little bit in some ways. I think they were still the best side in this group, but I mean, it wasn't as comfortable as what it looked on paper, really. Very good. So, yeah, I mean, it's obviously not a, a bad thing or a bad habit for, for a team not to be playing particularly well, as we've alluded to, and still pretty much cruise the Champions League uh, early stages. So fair play to Bayern. They're obviously going very strongly on all fronts. Just before we leap into the next group, uh, what we'll just quickly do is we'll we'll go back uh, with regards to the predictions that myself, Mark and Phil, our guest, made. Um, so we can have a look back and uh, both myself and Mark predicted that Bayern and RB Salzburg would go through. So me and Mark only got one out of two there, um, quite emphatically wrong, in fact. Uh, and Phil... Uh, well done if you're ever watching this. You got two out of two on that one, Bayern <laughs> Let's go straight through. Um, so, yeah, so that's how the uh, the group stage finished with, with RB Salzburg going into the Europa League knockouts in third place. So what we'll do is we'll move on to Group B in what was an extremely exciting group uh, in containing Borussia Mönchengladbach. Mark's going to talk us through this one a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, this was one of the craziest groups I've ever seen in Champions League history, to be honest with you. I mean, you only have to look at the German team, Borussia Mönchengladbach. I mean, they won 10-0 on aggregate over two games against Shakhtar. And then, meanwhile, they didn't win any of the other four games, conceded last-minute goals against Inter Milan and against uh, Real Madrid in the home game. And then, obviously, relied on a nil-nil draw between Shakhtar Donetsk and uh, Inter Milan in the last game. And then they were celebrating like they'd won the thing at the end, really. Yeah. But, I mean, obviously, it's a massive achievement. But, Paul, I just want to ask you about Real, obviously, as a Spanish expert. I mean, it wasn't a perfect group from them, but they got the job done in the end, didn't they? They did, yeah. Um, they somehow managed to pull themselves together. They, they they've started the season um, very very poorly. Let's put it bluntly. Um, you know, uh, fans are not happy with the way it's going over there. Uh, surprisingly, obviously, though, despite how poor they've looked and uh, and thing, they, they like you say they, they they did top the group. 
And they're, they're also, you know, joint um, top of La Liga at the moment, although Atleti have got a better goal difference and uh, uh, they're also got a game in hand as well. Um, the thing is with, with Real Madrid is they seem to relish this, uh, you know, knockout style of play and, and tournament mm-hmm. football. Uh, more so, I would say, than they do the league. I mean, it sounds strange, obviously, to say that, given that they won La Liga last season, but mm-hmm. it was really only when uh, the season restarted that we actually saw them come into any kind of form whatsoever. Um, they already knew that they were pretty much going out of uh, the Champions League to, to Manchester City. And, you know, uh, th- let's not be about the bush. They knew that they weren't going to be overturned, able to overturn the, uh, the two away goal deficit in Manchester. They, that was a foregone conclusion. The, the La Liga season restarts and it becomes a bit of, uh, they realise that it becomes a, you know, a knockout, knockout style tournament because of how the games are compressed. And, and that's how they won the title because mm. of the pressure that they put themselves and they up their performances. The Champions League, I think, is the same sort of scenario. They they didn't impress me at all, really, in any of the games, even the ones that they, they ended up winning that saw, saw them go through to the next round. Um you know, it was it was a two nil win against uh, Gladbach at first time they met, and then a, a two all draw. But really, I, th- I thought that it, it it could have been a, an embarrassing campaign for Real. Um, to be quite honest with you, they were very lucky, and even in, in the Gladbach game, you know, I think Gladbach should be disappointed that they didn't get a win there. Yeah, I mean, obviously two nil up with like what three minutes to go. I mean, that would have seen them through with a game to spare as well, or even two games to spare if they could have held on for that win. But in the end, obviously they were kind of relying on other teams doing them a favour. I mean, that was a huge stroke of luck. Like I watched that game, Rory, and literally the goalkeeper of Inter Milan was like, like he was he wanted the goal because obviously they what they needed to win to stay in the Europa yeah. League as well. So like obviously it was it was just massive and Shakhtar were actually defending for their lives. They wanted the draw so that they could go into the Europa League. It was a crazy situation. And meanwhile, Gladbach needed the nil-nil draw so that they could qualify to the next round. It was pretty crazy, really. But obviously they got there in the end. Rory, do you think they deserve to qualify in through the group? Uh, I mean, ultimately, if you go through, I guess you deserve to go through. Um, it's a tricky one because they did. They certainly saved their best football for the Champions League because we've seen them struggle in the in the Bundesliga this season. Obviously, managing the the two competitions, they've thrown everything at the Champions League, and I'm really pleased to see it work out for them because ultimately, if they'd been knocked out and then they were really looking quite shaky in the Bundesliga, it would have been a really bad thing for them. Um, so. We've seen the likes of Plie play really well in this competition. I think he's he's bagged quite a lot of goals already. Um, and things have just fallen right for them. Obviously, it was important that they saw off Shakhtar with with uh, with ease. And in the end, obviously, they're relying on that result, which, you know, is a, a fortunate thing in the end. I think right, right at the end, because I was watching the, the intergame, that obviously out of interest. And I think it's uh, right at the end, there's a chance for Lukaku. I think it's blocked by Ashley Young. So, yeah. oh no, Alexis Sanchez. It was Alexis Sanchez, that's the one. And it's typical yeah. that uh, bumbling, bumbling idiots of former Man United players <laughs> managed, to, <laughs> managed to help it, um, glad that go through. So, well done to those two for blocking each other's shots. Um, yeah, yeah I, I think they deserve to go through. Um, obviously, they'll be absolutely thrilled in terms of the money as well that's generated from that. That could be really important going down the line. Um, the only other problem is that it also demonstrates how exciting some of their players are on the European market. Um, but less said about that, I'm sure. 
Um, but yeah, well well done to Munch and Gladbach. I think, you know, you can make an argument for all four of the teams going through. Um, so I'm glad they managed to just about scrape through. Yeah, I mean, it's a massive achievement as well because nobody thought Gladbach could get through that group. It was, it was kind of pinned as the group of death because like even Shakhtar, they've got a lot of calibre and like obviously they don't go to the latter stages of the Champions League, but getting through the groups, they quite often manage to do it. So, I mean, I think obviously they played City a few times over the years too and City usually see them off pretty comfortably, but they usually manage to get through in second, don't they? They have like a habit of doing that yeah but i mean obviously gladback is a massive achievement yeah so let's just pass on to rory to talk us through group f now yes indeed and just before i do that in terms of our predictions made with that group uh, all three of us managed to get spot on we we all said ray out and gladback would go through so pat on the back uh for for us three there for getting that one right so moving on to group f indeed involving borussia dortmund and their uh their kind of well it, i mean their struggles potentially in this group i mean it i say struggles obviously they did in the end qualify <laughs> relatively comfortably but in in what looked like a really appealing group i would say with the likes of lazio club Brugge, and zenit st petersburg all of them i would say not exactly huge in terms of Europe, well, say Champions League pedigree. Um, so, Mark, obviously, um, with regards to Dortmund, we, we have, we've obviously spoken lots about how how their seasons kind of got on this year. Are you uh, are you kind of impressed that they've still managed to see themselves through the Champions League, or do you think if they were potentially pitted in a more difficult group, then they would have maybe got knocked out? Yeah, I think, to be honest, we were extremely lucky to win the group. I mean, obviously, the two games against Lazio, they got schooled in Rome. I think they lost, it was 3-1 and they were hammered. And then the home game as well, like, I think they were, it finished one all, but they probably should have lost. I mean, Lazio had a few chances to win that game at one all. And I mean, how they managed to win the group, I really don't know. I mean, they definitely deserved to qualify. I think they were better than, obviously, Zenit and uh, Club Brugge. But, I mean, uh, to win the group, despite only picking up one point against Lazio, is extremely lucky, to be honest, you know. I mean, obviously, uh, the draw, they've drawn Sevilla, which is a difficult draw, but it could have been a lot worse. You know, they could have drawn a, a Liverpool or a City or a Real Madrid easily, you know. So, I think, um, I mean, obviously, they won't be happy with the draw, which we'll talk about a bit more later. But, uh, yeah, for me, they were a little bit lucky to win the group again. It, it wasn't very much like Bayern. They weren't perfect in the group, far from it, you know. Like, even the games against Zenit, they really struggled to beat uh, a Zenit side who was shocking in the group, to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, they were they were good against Bruges. I don't know. Maybe it was like a mat, the matchup just favoured them. I don't know. Bruges are quite an attacking side, and they could exploit the spaces a little bit. Maybe that helped them. But I mean, in yeah. the two games against Lazio and the two games against Zenit, they were far from impressive, to be honest with you. Very good. Uh, and then very quickly, Paul, um, if I was asking you to pick out maybe one or two players that you'd maybe like to see in a, in the sky blue of Manchester City, uh, are there any particular players that you would say pick from, from Dortmund or any of the other three teams in that group? Uh, well, I mean, the, the striker, <laughs> Haaland, obviously, is, uh, is the name on everybody's lips, isn't he, at the moment? And, and Dortmund, yeah. uh, for me, they don't look the same without him. Um, and and certainly City could do with a with a player like him, you know, uh, a, a player who has uh, grown up with with City in his life as well, and has been photographed many a time in in uh, 
sky blue replica kits as well very true yeah i can imagine that would be uh, an extremely extremely big uh, big and exciting signing for the blue half of Manchester. So yeah, just before we move on then from from this group, Borussia Dortmund, we'll just double check uh, how how our predictions went with this one. And it was another clean sweep. Actually, we all predicted that Dortmund would go through alongside Lazio. So again, well done to the three of us for getting that one right. Um, moving on to Group H, obviously including RB Leipzig, and uh, Mark will very kindly take us through this. Yeah, I mean, this was probably the the group of the uh, the campaign, really, wasn't it? I mean, this was a fantastic group, a lot of good games. Unless you're a Man United fan, which we'll come on to in a minute, yeah. But I mean, uh, I really enjoyed this group, to be honest. Uh, even Istanbul Başakşehir, here, who obviously nobody thought would have a chance, they were supposed to be the whipping boys, and even though they only got three points. Like, I mean, they, they really gave teams a good game. I mean, that game against Leipzig was one of the, my games of the tournament, to be honest. I really enjoyed that game and the 4-3 to Leipzig in the early kickoff. But yeah, I mean, let's start with you, Rory, on this. I mean, obviously, as a Man United fan, if, if you didn't know, uh, to our viewers, I mean, after winning the first two games, you won in Paris and then beat Leipzig 5-0. And you're just thinking... There's no way you're not going to qualify. And then you must be absolutely gutted not to qualify through that group, Rory. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, to put, it, to put it mildly, uh, it's a good thing I've had time to stew over it. Um, yeah, it's, it's yeah, it's criminal really, isn't it? Um, you do all the hard work in, in game in game weeks one and two. Obviously, we were praising United in, in this first video about how well they'd done. Um, and then, I mean, ultimately, it's the it's the third game in Istanbul that's cost them. Um, because, I mean, when you lose to PSG and then obviously ultimately lose to RB, it's not a disgrace by any stretch um, because it can happen because obviously they're both really good teams. But we shouldn't have put ourselves in that position in the first place because if we, we should have done the double over, you know, over Istanbul. Um, and, and then we wouldn't have had to be, talking about this in a negative uh, context but yeah i mean the 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 last game uh when united are going over to rb i mean rb you know are an incredibly tricky team that they're, they're growing a lot in terms of the european uh, stage i think and i think they you know they hit united where it hurt they got in behind them there was lots of um lots of crosses coming in um angelino no shock being involved in in lots of the goals um as well and yeah obviously caught united cold and and they managed to hold out in the end after a late a late show from from ourselves but i think all credit to rb you know obviously that that is again an, another kind of group of death so to speak it did have last year's finalists psg and semi-finalists rb so it was never going to be easy for united either um so it, it ultimately would have been a toss-up between the three to start with but after the way united started yeah it, it's awful that they've not qualified um so yes we we uh, we go into the europa league draw as a result um which we will talk about it uh, in due course however um yeah, from, from a German point of view, it's obviously great that RB have gone through. I'm pleased in that regard. In an ideal world, RB and, and United go through for me because I have no love loss for uh, for PSG at all, particularly the way they, they behaved um, 
at Old Trafford in in one of in the return leg against us. Um, they're incredibly lucky, to be honest, to, to beat us on that occasion. I thought, um, but yeah, RB uh, obviously ultimately through from a really tough group. From their perspective, they'll be absolutely thrilled with that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, obviously, Paul, uh, RB Leipzig qualifying behind PSG. Uh, obviously, as an outsider, I know you're not like a massive follower of the Bundesliga, but have you been impressed with what you see of uh, of Leipzig uh, from what you've seen so far? Yeah, I have. Yeah, there's some uh, some really good players there that are all of a good age as well, I think. And, and we know the business model that Leipzig have, but uh, it shouldn't take anything away from the, the, the fact that there's, there's something for their fans, although I know that they're not a particularly popular team in Germany. Uh, there's something for the fans that they have to, to be pleased about, um, you know. Uh, Angelino as well, you know, having seen him, I, I saw him originally through the youth ranks at City because I used to go to quite a lot of the youth games and then, um, you know, I thought he was he was quite good then. Then he, he went away and came back to us, got a couple of appearances last season and then obviously left at uh, the January window and has, has stayed at Leipzig now. Uh, he looks a completely different player um, for RB than he, he, he did for us and, and I mean that in a good way. He's, uh, quite a, a dynamic fullback, and uh, he brings a lot to him. And you know, some of the goals that he scored this season have been sublime. That you know, many wingers were pleased about, really, not just fullbacks. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's been amazing, hasn't he? I mean, I think he's on like six, seven goals and a similar number of assists as well. I mean, it's unbelievable for a fullback, really. I mean, obviously, me and Rory talk about him a lot on the Bundesliga show. Like, he's been one of the Without doubt, one of the Bundesliga players of the year so far. Nobody can question that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, Rory, do you want to tell us about our uh, predictions as well? Uh, I do indeed. Yes. So, uh, all three of us, no shock, actually predicted that United would go through because we assumed that they weren't going to massively mess up uh, as they did. Um, I thought PSG would go through. So, that's one out of two for me. Mark predicted RB, so that's one out of two for him. And Phil kind of sat on the fence because he said he said United and then either PSG or RB. So, yeah, one, one out of two each there for both of us. Um, so that rounds up our Champions League part of this video. So we're very swiftly going to move on to the Europa League, which contained two further Bundesliga teams. And we're going to start off in Group C, which contained Bayer Leverkusen, who uh, were having a very, very successful campaign in the Europa League, as they are in the Bundesliga this year. Uh, they're doing a really good job of managing their squad and kind of going really well on two fronts. Um, I think kind of looking at the strength of the Europa League uh, this season, a team like Bayer Leverkusen, for me, should probably be aiming to go and win that competition. And After qualifying, Mark, do you think that they can go all the way? Yeah, I definitely think that one of the sides, uh, I mean, I think I was saying to you just before we started the video, it seems like it's not the strongest uh, Europa League lineup this year in the last 32. I think the Europa League, it very much depends on the sides that drop out of that Champions League, to be honest. Yeah. For me, it always depends on the strength of the draw. And I think last season, it was a really, really strong last four. I mean, it was Sevilla, it was Man United. Into Milan, you had some really good sides in there. Whereas this year, I genuinely think that Bayer Leverkusen are one of the challenges. I mean, obviously Peter Bosch, he really he just wants he's just a born winner, isn't he? I mean, he's been to the final before with Ajax, and I think Bayer Leverkusen are really, really going to fancy winning this tournament this year. I would say, aside from probably a few. 
teams for me they're one of the strongest in it and i would have them probably third or fourth favorites out of the 32 sides that remain at the minute and after what we've seen them do in the league this year i've been really really impressed with them and the same in this group as well i think they were fantastic throughout the group scored bags of goals and then obviously battering slavia prague in the last game to kind of seal the group as well i mean slavia also impressed me in this group but i mean that was a great win to kind of top the group which allowed them to get a better draw in the last 32 as well so I mean, yeah, I don't see any reason why Bayer Leverkusen can't at least make the semis or the final of this tournament and even go on and win it this year, to be honest with you. Absolutely agreed. I think certainly in terms of the teams that remain in the competition, uh, their squad depth may well come uh, come in handy, I, I suspect. So, yeah, Leverkusen looking really strong, um, obviously ahead of the round of 32 draw, because obviously there is an extra round or set of rounds in the knockouts uh, in the Europa League, as there are so many teams in it. Um so, yeah, obviously they're looking really strong and will very swiftly move on. Uh, on to Group L. Um, sorry, just before we say that, uh, the predictions were were a, a, a full house. Um, myself, Mark and Phil all said that Leverkusen and Slavia would qualify and they very much comfortably did so. So moving on to Group L, which contained Hoffenheim. And yeah, Mark, do you want to just quickly take us through that group and how Hoffenheim got on? Yeah, I mean, much like Bayer Leverkusen, this was like a breeze in the park in really, this group for for, Labour, for Hoffenheim. I think Hoffenheim's group was a lot weaker than Bayer Leverkusen's. Bayer's was like a, a relatively standard kind of Europa League group, whereas this group was more like, I don't know, it was like intertotal cup standard, to be honest with you, this group. I mean, it was like, <laughs> I mean, I think uh, obviously Red Star Belgrade getting through in second, but I mean, they're not exactly world beaters themselves, are they? Let's be honest. I mean, obviously a big name in the history of European football, but I mean, I think Hoffenheim 16 points out of 18 in the group. It was just a breeze for them, really, wasn't it? Paul, uh, did you see much of this group uh, and, and um... of Hoffenheim in particular? I must admit, I didn't see much of the group, but I saw quite a lot of you know the, the highlight shows and stuff. And I think from right, Hoffenheim only conceded two goals as well um, yeah. along the way, and I'm sure they scored near, might be near twenty, just maybe yeah. just less than twenty. So, you know that that's that's an incredible uh, return, really, isn't it? Um, I would say as well that having seen us play Hoffenheim season before last. Um, I know that the squad is is roughly the same as well. Actually, um, you know they, they struck me at the time as being quite a well drilled and well organised team. Um, they, they, they've got a good coach and they, they seem to be playing football that's uh, a collective um, style. You know they, they work hard for one another and, and that bodes well for this sort of competition. Yeah, I mean, the, I would totally agree that their style isn't as uh, easy on the eye as a Bayer Leverkusen or an RB Leipzig. But yeah, I mean, obviously not doing the best in the Bundesliga, Rory, but do you think they can get that foot, that elusive first piece of silverware in the Europa League this year? Um, well, it, that might be a bit of a stretch. Um, I've, to be fair, I'm, I am a big fan of Hoffenheim and... Uh, I, I would have liked to have seen them doing a bit better in, in the Bundesliga this season, but they've clearly... Um, not sacrifice the league, but they've obviously put a focus on the Europa League, maybe because it's perhaps an easier way to make money. Um, because obviously, if they go through the various knockout rounds, they're, they're bound to pick up some some nice prize money. Obviously, not as you know established as what the Champions League would be, but however, it's all the same, and it's big money to to a lot of teams. We, we've alluded to 
to a lot of teams in the Bundesliga, certainly struggling in terms of financials. Um, so that's obviously a really kind of important aspect of it. Um, in terms of obviously how they potentially manage their squad going forward, obviously we, we've seen their form suffer in the Bundesliga as a result. Um, even though they're basically qualified after four games, uh, you know, as Paul alluded to, they, you know, they obliterated the, the very poor group as well. Um, and obviously, we'll look ahead at, at their draw in the next video. Um, but I certainly would be very happy to say that I could see them, you know, quarterfinals at a very minimum. I would say semi-finals if they potentially get a nice draw. Um, if they can continue to score goals, I think that obviously that will suit them. They didn't concede many in this group stages, but I think we've seen their defence look a bit shaky in the Bundesliga against higher quality teams. So that might ultimately make the difference um, across two legs as well. So, yeah, with, with goals coming in from Kramerich, they've always got, you know, a great shout. So we'll see how they get on, but hopefully they can go really far into the tournament. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, obviously, as a Bundesliga fan, it's uh, we always kind of shout for the Bundesliga teams to go far. But I would agree that I, I don't see them being winners, but I think last eight would be a nice little run for them and their fans, really, this year. I mean, it would be uh, obviously quite new to the European stage. I think they've been in the Champions League a couple of times or one time in the Europa League uh, two or three times. But I mean, a nice run to the quarters or the semis would be a really, really good campaign for them, I think. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, so that rounds up our uh, second part of our Bundesliga uh, review uh, of the European Bundesliga review show. So yeah, so remember, guys, if you want to check out uh, any further information that we have, uh, you can always check out our Twitter account, which is at Over the Bar FB. You can see just about everything related to football on there, everything Bundesliga related. I mean, obviously, Paul is. Um, does a lot of writing for us as well. So you can check out a lot of stuff based on the, the La Liga, Man City, on just about everything, really. We have a lot of very good and established writers uh, on the blog as well. Also, the League One show, uh, Dave Pearson will kill me if I don't mention it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I've made a couple of uh, appearances on there as well, if you want to see a bit more. Yeah. And uh, yeah, also. <laughs> Yeah, and also the website as well, www.otvfootball.net. That's like the main piece. You can see like uh, just about everything. Obviously, remember to subscribe to our YouTube channel as well. That's very important. Check out our podcasts as well, which Rory kindly uh, sorted out for us uh, on uh, Spotify or on Anchor. And yeah, just keep following our stuff, interacting with us as much as possible. Yeah. But yeah, that's just about all we got time for on this show. So thanks to Paul for joining us again. It was great to hear your views and stuff. And yeah, we will see you yeah. in the next show. Thanks, guys. See you next time. Cheers.